0: Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So last July, about mid-July, I'm on tour, and uh, for me, tour means puppet tour. I'm a prof- prof- professional. I'm a professional puppeteer, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a grant to travel around uh, to 17 different. Libraries that were smaller in Eastern Oregon, like, uh, actually Pendleton was too big. So I was in Adams and Milton Freewater, and Boardman, Pilot Rock, and I'm on my way, and I drive through Pendleton, and I I have to tell you about my car, because I'm obsessed. It's called the Puppet Mobile, and it has pictures of my puppets on it and stars, and really, it just makes me so happy. To drive this car <laughs> and drive down the road. And I just couldn't be happier. I'm just like, it's a sunny day, it's summer, I get to do what I love. How many people get to do that? And I go through Pendleton and I'm heading to a small town called Adams to do a library show. And I'm going, uh, uh, it's about 20 minutes out of Pendleton, and I'm going up, up, up this hill and I can smell it before I could see it. It's, it smells moist and damp and it smells like sweet grain. And then I Crest the hill, and my eyes fill with gold, and there's rolling hills of wheat. And all I could think of is home. You see, I know this country. It's the Palouse country. And even though where I grew up in eastern Washington is still four hours away, I grew up in the middle of those wheat fields. I know them like the back of my hand. and. I remember sitting in those rolling wheat fields, looking back on my parents' seven-acre farm with the big blue farmhouse and the red picturesque barn. I know it's picturesque because people would literally stop and take pictures of my parents' (laughs) barn. And there are other outer buildings. One of them is my mom's antique shop. And I would sit back in those wheat fields, and fly my kite for hours. I'd play hide-and-seek with the dogs until it got adult dark. You know, (laughs) you know adult dark. And I'd hear my dad's family whistle. (whistles) If he was saying it in words, it would be, sweetheart, come in. And of course, as any good kid, I wouldn't come in. (laughs) And I'd let him whistle for me a couple more times. And finally, he would get irritated enough to say, God damn it, Penny, get your ass inside. (laughs) I would. (laughs) Mornings at my house, we'd wake up to coffee, eggs, French toast, bacon. That was on Sunday, but during the week, my mom would give us anything that we could swallow. For me, that was Chef Boyardee ravioli. I still like it, it's a guilty pleasure. For my brother, it would be the leftover dessert from the night before, like chocolate cake, and he'd wash it down with a can of Coke. And my mom would send him off on the school bus. My dad would go to town, he was a realtor in town, and so he would go to his office in town and I'd be left with my favorite playmate, my mom. My mom, she was an artist. She'd sit at that kitchen table and she'd make these amazing silk arrangements, flower arrangements on these straw hats that I felt should be in museums. She'd work with wood, chunks of wood, and make geese and teddy bear with her Dremel until we would hear that sound, ding, ding. You see, my dad had ran a hose over the horseshoe driveway that led up into the basement where there was a gas station bell, and it would ring to inform us that there was a customer from my mother's antique shop. She'd happily put on her clogs, turn to me, and say, Miss Penny, you need to find something to keep yourself busy and she'd clip-clop all the way out to the shop. And I had plenty of things to keep me busy. I had shelves and shelves of dolls. I had my electric train set. I had puppets. <laughs> but I was curious about the people. So I'd make my way out to the shop and I'd crawl under the old, the old oak and maple tables. I'd peer through the crystal and the colored glass to see the people. I'd go in and out of the vintage clothes rack. (laughs) I'd eventually work my way to the rhinestone costume jewelry case and try on all the jewels and the tiaras. And if I could get attention from the people, I was sure to ask them out to my playhouse for a tea party. Playhouse was something that my dad and my brother had built together. My brother is seven years older than me, and so he helped my dad build a playhouse to help occupy me from the people. <laughs> <laughs> In between the shop and my playhouse, which were both red, there was a blue spruce, my mom's favorite tree on the property, and... In my playhouse, there were three picture windows that I could see out, wheat fields. I could see the road. I could see the maple tree. And I could see who was coming and going, dogs, cats, and people. I would play in there until I knew it was about time for my brother to come home. And then I'd go sit under the maple tree and the rope swing. No, I'm not kidding. This is really my life. (laughs) And I'd wait for that yellow school bus to come around the corner. And when my brother tumbled out, I would tug and pull at him all the way up the driveway till we spilled into the door. And my mom would hand each of us a candy bar and send us to the TV room. Just get out of my hair. i got to make dinner. And we would watch Gilligan's Island and rerun some mash. (laughs) Oh, the Waltons. Night, John Boy. Star Trek, of course, the original. And uh, until we would start fighting about who needed to get up and change the channel. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'd start wrestling, and my mom would be like, get out of here, just get out of my hair, get out of here. So she would chase us outside into those seven acres, and we might ride, I might ride my pony, he might ride his horse, we might ride our bikes around the perimeter, but if the weather was bad, we would play on the front covered wood porch. I would ride my pink trike and my brother would ride, um, oh, what is it called? Big wheel, thank you. I was like the yellow, red. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He would ride the big wheel. We would push back the wicker furniture and we'd play race car around and around and around and around and if a car drove by on the road, my brother would duck down because he was way too old to be riding the big wheel. (laughs) And about that time, my dad would tear into the driveway in his powder blue Continental. He'd step out in his denim suit, brown cowboy boots, and the radio would have just been playing The Devil Went Down to Georgia. (laughs) I'd run and leap into his arms, and he would hold me, and he'd say, there she is. Miss America. (laughs) We'd go inside, and the kitchen table, the center of the universe, would be set for dinner. There'd be water for me and my brother, a Bloody Mary for my mom, and a rum and coke for George. And if the rum and coke ever ran dry, George would do this. (laughs) And mom would hop up. A little disgruntled but she'd still do it (laughs) and fill it again and dinner would be pot roasts tuna casserole pork chops and applesauce greasy tacos my mom was the perfect home cook she it was amazing i I wish I could make some of the stuff she did but she'd never let me in the kitchen and we'd sit down and have a meal at that kitchen table and they would all be looking over me because behind me was a little TV on top of the refrigerator. (laughs) And during commercial breaks, I was like, hey, guys. And thus, a performer was born. (laughs) So. I'm thinking about these visceral memories as I'm driving to Adams, Oregon, to do a puppet show. I unpack my car in the park. That's where they wanted it. The wheat field went right up to the edge of the park. Just like at my school at the football field, the wheat fields would go right up to the edge. And I'm feeling rather nostalgic, and then the people start coming. And only, like, 20 people came, and about half of them were grown-ups. And we did the show, and we had a great time. And afterwards, I can hear them all visiting. Uh, They know each other really well. They're planning the Booster Club for the fall so the kids could go to Washington, D.C. with the band in the spring. And it reminded me of my small community, farming community that I grew up in. We knew each other so well, even though they lived miles and miles and miles apart. I don't even know my neighbor that lives 20 feet away from me now. I pack up my car, and I start running, uh, driving back to Pendleton. And uh, that's where I'm going to stay for the evening. And I can't help it. I'm like, I'm going to put in some Willie Nelson, a family favorite. Yeah. Go, Willie. Yeah. Stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> and Whiskey River comes on, and I'm like, oh. Gosh, it reminds me of all the poker games that happened at that kitchen table. And I could hear, still hear, even now, the quarters and the dimes and the nickels bouncing and rolling off the kitchen table onto that floor. And then the next song comes on, and it's um, blue eyes crying in the rain. And it, (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) it reminds me of my dad my dad had big beautiful blue eyes and i remember i miss him so much it's been six years since he passed away and then the next song comes on it's on on the road again everybody just can't wait to get on the road again that's right and my reminds me, I start laughing. I'm hysterical, right, on this 20-minute drive to Pendleton. And it reminds me of all the times that my mom would load up my brother and I into the, her black Dodge pickup truck in the early morning, and we'd go to a state sale, to a state sale. And I start crying again because she's been gone for three years, really ten years, because she had Alzheimer's before. And I'm thinking, I miss home. I miss home. And I want to go back. You see, the last time I pulled out of that driveway, I had a trailer full of things, most importantly, that kitchen table. And I took a moment to turn around and look at the farm one more time. It's been gone for two years. We sold it. The barn is not red any longer. It's gray and peeling. The fences that kept in the dogs and the cats, fallen. The playhouse that I had so many tea parties in is boarded up, all the windows broken. And in fact, that blue spruce tree has engulfed it. And I remember thinking, standing in that driveway, This is the last time. I'm never coming back here. There's too much heartache. But here I am in my car in Pendleton, and I want to go home. And I got that chance about a month later. In August, uh, there was a big family birthday, and my family invited me like they always do, and I accepted, and they were surprised. And we went back, and I stayed with my brother and his wife, And I said, have you been by the farm? And even though my brother lives 15 minutes away from the farm, he hasn't had the heart to drive by. And so I said, let's do it. I'm ready. I want to see it. It's been two years. So we hop in the car. And we drive down those curvy roads. We go over those rolling hills of wheat. And the first thing you can see is you can see the blue farmhouse just crest above the hill as you, as you go around, and it looks great. The barn has not been painted, but the fences are mended. And much to my disbelief, the blue spruce has given way, they unearthed the playhouse. A young family has moved in. They unearthed it. They didn't even know it was there (laughs) when they brought the property. And uh, the windows are fixed and it's bright red. And there's bikes in the driveway. And there's dogs. And there's cats. And I grab my heart and I say, with a smile in my heart and a tear in my eye, Home. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>